welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Bills Beat Podcast. My name is Joe Biscalia. With me, as always, my faithful co-host, Matthew Fairburn of The Athletic. And we are here in the pangs and rigors of the dead month, July, in which uh, NFL teams are hoping and praying that their guys will not make the news for any sort of reason, unless it's for them trading them, or if they're signing someone, or something or other that is positive. But mostly this time of year, if there's a name coming out in the news, it's negative. But the Bills have been lucky to that point. They have not had their players in the news at all, which makes it a pretty interesting time to try and churn out one of these podcasts because we're not we're not so close to the to training camp to where it's like, all right, let's let's get everybody ready, and it's still a little bit far away. But there's still lots of interest in in the Bills and and everything that they're doing. So before we get into the get into the main topic of the day, I have to tell you, today is the day, folks. I, I don't know if you saw the tweet or not, but... The third chair is occupied. It is occupied. Last week it was Tyler Dunn. This week it is... A hell of a mustache. A disembodied Jake Plummer jersey. <laughs> the Jake Plummer jersey is sitting right on the stool right here. And it is ready to be sent out to the loyal listener that is lucky enough to be picked in our drawing. When will we be doing that? I have no idea. Whenever we really feel like it. So you're going to have to listen to our rambles throughout the day. Um, just to, just as a heads up. But, you know, this is this is a fun time. This will be the second giveaway that we do. And, you know, it's, it's pretty good looking. And if you got some time, then you might want to uh, go check it out. Uh, what size go, go is this? Oh, this that, that's a great question. It is a it says it's an XL. Ooh. But it's a it's a champion jersey, so Yes. Sizing may vary. Yes. But like I said before, even if it doesn't fit, it is a it, it's just perfect for a frame, I think. Yeah, oh yeah, completely. I mean, it might have a couple of dings, but it is in fact the 100 year anniversary of the Cardinals, which Really? 100 19, years? 1998, I guess, was 100 1898? years. 1898? Which... The Cardinals started playing in 1898? Maybe. Not in Arizona, they didn't. I know. I knew that. What I, if this is not even a, a real Arizona thing? Cardinals patch? And it's what if it's just else? for, like, the St. Louis Cardinals? <laughs> well, they used to be the St. Louis Cardinals, did they not? Am I, I wrong there? They, I think they did. I think they and were. So maybe that's what they're referring to. Football what? is pretty... Arizona uh, Cardinals Wikipedia... We're just learning on the fly here, folks. I think most of you are probably screaming, yes, they were the St. Louis Cardinals. Move on to the Bills already. They were, uh, let's see, they were founded 120 years ago. And they were formerly the Chicago Cardinals. Then they were... St. Louis. uh, No, hang on. They were the Chicago Cardinals from 20 to 43. Then they were Card Pit in 1944. And for, from 45 to 59, they were Chicago Cardinals again. And then the St. Louis Cardinals from 60 to 87. Then they moved to Phoenix and were called Phoenix from 88 to 93. And they have been the Arizona Cardinals since 1994. Rich history. And let me tell you. This is a piece of it, right? It here. is a piece of it. And you get the man that is the most recognizable figure in Arizona Cardinals history. That's a lie. Jake Plummer. 
And in, in case you're wondering, no, it's not an authentic jersey. It is absolutely a replica. <laughs> and yes, the those patches are screened on. What of it? So what? <laughs> you're getting it for free. Exactly. Shipping included. Just just for being a listener to our podcast. So we're going to be giving that out at some point in the show. Like I said, when and it if happens. You're, if you're upset that it's not a Bills jersey, direct your anger at Buffalo wins on Twitter because he's the one who's who's holding the Bills jerseys hostage yeah. until we buy a beer. So holding it, it's on him. It is, it is. But we will continue on. We will, we will charge on even into the realm of the Bills beat and figure out uh, exactly who's going to win this jersey at some point today. All right, so let's jump into a topic of conversation. Yeah, just because this is a. It's around that time where you have to kind of take a, a broader look at it because once we get to training camp, that's when you get into the ins and outs of the, the individual battles at different positions, everything along those lines. And right now it's more of a, a, a big picture thing. Um, at least that's the way it should be because you would be driving yourself crazy in, in early July if you're thinking about training camp battles every single day, every single day, every single day. Um so I guess the the main question that I, that I thought of that I might I thought would be interesting is what the real expectations of of this Bills team is. I mean, they're all kind of across the board, no matter who you talk to, um, and it it is it is fairly interesting because they're they're coming off a playoff year. They're coming off uh, you know having some some relative success. Maybe some luck along the way, um, and whether or not that's sustainable—that's that's the big question. So, I guess it's almost as though you can look at it from from a micro perspective and and think about where they got better, where they got worse, or is it, or is that just uh, neutralized and void by the fact that they still have the same coach and the same. You know, some of the, the same better parts of their roster, i.e. LaShawn McCoy, everything like that. So, expectations, I think, I almost think every fan is kind of different here. I think a lot of fans are kind of expecting them to get close to what they were last year. And I don't know if that's necessarily a a, a certain certain thing this year, because there's, a, there, there's some... There's some uh, definite adversity that they're going to be facing in 2018, Matthew. Yeah, it's it's tricky. I feel like it, you ask anybody outside of Buffalo, and they're talking about the Bills as one of the worst teams in the league on paper, which, I mean, we've talked a little bit about, you know, the pro- they probably had a bit of a net loss this offseason yeah. with everything that happened. Right. And the offense, you know, took a few pretty significant hits by losing Eric Wood, losing Richie Incognito, losing Cordy Glenn, losing Tyrod Taylor. Those are four experienced players who, when they were healthy, brought a lot to the table. But then you look at the defensive side of the ball, and you know they made a lot of strides with adding Starlo Tulele, Tremaine Edmonds, Harrison Phillips, Trent Murphy, Vontae Davis. So it's tough to sit there and and say that they got a lot worse. I think how you view the 2018 Bills, it depends a lot on how you viewed the 2017 Bills. If you thought that was a lot of luck and that Sean McDermott didn't do a very good job coaching that team and they kind of stumbled to the playoffs, 
then you probably think they're going to take a pretty big step back this year. But if you thought that was a good coaching job, if you thought that, you know, that team played above expectations and can do it again, then maybe you think they can be right back in that mix. But let's not forget, you know, they were probably like the NFL is every single year, like a lot of teams are every single year, a few plays away from being eight and eight or seven and nine and having a different conversation entering Mm -hmm. the off season. So it's always a fine line just because they made the playoffs one year doesn't mean it's going to happen the next, but I don't blame anyone for, you know, having a a little bit of hope. Yeah. I think it can be both though in, in terms of, all right, was it, was it Sean McDermott's coaching or was it, was it luck? I think, I think they had a nice little mix there and Sean McDermott definitely got those guys believing last year. Especially, the best job that he did was right after the losing streak and after he switched the quarterback again. Right after his his worst coaching. Right. He followed it up with his best coaching. Which, to his credit, I mean, it has to be uh, notified here on, on what the 2017 Bills ended up being. But those early wins, a lot of it was randomness. And, of course, they did put themselves in the position to win. But turnovers, it's an unsustainable asset, turnovers. I mean, you can put yourself in the right spot to where you're in the vicinity of a potential ball that gets tipped into your direction. But let's not pretend like they didn't get some complete gifts, like a ball bouncing off A.J. Green's gut and into Jordan Foyer's hands. I mean, that doesn't happen usually. But I guess if you put yourself in the right position enough, that'll happen more often than not. So, I do think that that the defense has definitely improved. But I just think back to what the NFL is. And is that enough to get them to a similar spot as to what they were last year? I think, more than anything, this whole thing boils down to the fact that they, at least I would believe, are going to take a step back offensively. And that is which what, will be hard to do, by the way, because they were true. not good. I, I mean, turnovers. Turnovers are that's going to be a lot one, more prevalent. That's this the year. one variable where I think things could get ugly. Yes. And what I wonder about is, you know, they probably will take a step back on offense because of the pieces they lost. But this is a team that was ranked right near the bottom of the league in passing DVOA from Football Outsiders, which is interesting to me because it seemed like the analytics crowd and the you know national people were really down on the bills getting rid of tyrod taylor mm-hmm. when in fact the passing offense was very bad mm-hmm. not all his fault but how much worse can it get i guess is the and to your point turnovers is probably the one area where things could take a turn for the worse right for this bills team and that could make the offense uh worse in a noticeable way yeah and look I I mean I understand that the Bills still have LaShawn McCoy and everything along those lines and it's important to note that because at least how he looked in the spring which is a little bit uh, deceiving every once in a while um, he still looked like he's running well however much you can actually look at and and watch the uh, uh, watch the the actual running backs and what they do and whether or not you can actually, um, I guess, put any amount of stock in that. But I think 
it, with him moving along pretty well, that's going to take some pressure off. But then again, it's it's all in the quarterbacks and all in the quarterback play. And Tyrod was not the answer. Tyrod is probably a better 2018 answer than any of the three of them, unless Josh Allen just comes in and plays like gangbusters. Just in terms of efficiency and, and you know, just not screwing up the thing and allowing the defense to keep your team in it, and eventually they're going to make a play. I think there's going to be more screw-ups this year, and I think that's ultimately what could end up holding them back. And that's where it comes to the expectation standpoint. Like, what should it be? I mean... This is a team that is completely flipping over their offensive roster outside of LaShawn McCoy and and outside of Kelvin Benjamin and Charles Clay. But, you know, is that enough to warrant any weighty conversation as to where you can think, all right, yeah, well, that that's a playoff offense. They can make it to the playoffs with that group. That's that's where I think a lot of it kind of stops for, for people, whether it be on a national level or even on a local level that that offense it could be too much of a hindrance to where hey maybe the defense is only allowing 22 23 points a game um and not really allowing a a ton of yards on top of it but at the end of the day if the offense can't put up more than 17 points then then what the hell are you going to do yeah and i think the the one reason that keeps jumping out to me for you know why you probably have to keep expectations somewhat in check. The early schedule isn't going to be easy. No. Uh, you know they go down to Baltimore, they host the Chargers, and then they have to go to Minnesota and Green Bay in back-to-back weeks. That's the first month. I know. And then it's the Titans and the Texans. I think you know the AFC is all over the map, and it's really hard to know what to expect from almost every single team right. in the conference, besides New England and Pittsburgh. But, you know, so the the schedule point is always shaky on those grounds because a couple months into the season, things can look a lot different. But that the offense is going to have to figure it out quickly against some pretty good defenses. The Ravens uh, can play defense. The Vikings, the Chargers can all play defense. So that's where you wonder, are they going to stumble out of the gates? Will they have a similar strong start that they had? Because they built a nice cushion last year that allowed them to have a pretty rough stretch in the middle of the season. And one thing that you know jumps out to me is that their point differential last year was really, really bad. Mm-hmm. Minus 54, fifth worst of any team that ever made the playoffs, which is kind of crazy. So right. I think... I mean, the numbers, though, eventually when they have crap numbers eventually they have to work in their way right. and we finally saw it the first time in almost two decades and and it you know it also was skewed by the fact that that three game stretch in the middle of the season where they were just getting pasted oh, every yeah. single week so i think all of that is what probably gives people you know everybody on the outside looked and said that's a fluke playoff team if not for that andy dalton touchdown they're not in the playoffs but the extreme of saying they're a fluke playoff team to swinging all the way to they'll have the number one pick, <laughs> I mean, it's tough because I don't know that there is on paper an obvious candidate for the number one pick right now. Yeah. And it takes a lot to go wrong for that to happen. And so maybe that will happen here. Maybe they will catch some bad breaks. But I, I think they're a little bit – they're too well coached and – 
they still have too much talent to totally bottom out. No, I I agree with that. I mean, the defensive talent is the thing that's going to prevent them from being in that consideration. Do I think they could wind up with a late top 10 pick? Absolutely. I you know, it doesn't take much to end up in the top 10. You could be 6 and 10 and have a top 10 pick. That's uh, just kind of the the parity that exists in the NFL and and you could literally be two games under 500 and still have one of those top third of picks. But, you know, the defense is the thing that's going to keep them afloat. And in today's NFL, I just don't know how sustainable that is, which is why it all leads to the expectation point of where do they, what do they do? How do they cope with having a plus defense, which what should be a plus defense on paper? It might not. I mean, there's also that possibility. The Every team looks better on paper these days, but and the Bills did a nice job of filling their holes. But they also filled them with Vontae Davis, who's coming off an injury and coming off a down season and hasn't really played in the zone in a grand scale before. Um, Star Latulale, who signed for huge money, but is he going to be as good as he was in Carolina early on in his career? Is he going to be more like the guy, at least from the way Pro Football Focus has has put it down, has kind of you know left some to be desired? And then, can the safeties actually be as good as they were last year? I mean, I think everyone's kind of taking that for granted, but these, these are also two guys who were scooped up on free agency a couple of years ago, or last offseason, I should say, and nobody really wanted Jordan Poyer. And even when the Bills signed him, people were like, well, what the hell is that about? Uh, they, they gave him a lot of money. Um, and then Micah Hyde, will he have the same type of impact? They were also really lucky with injuries last year on, on the defensive side of the ball. So, I don't know. It, it, it's They need a lot to go right um, to have this thing go the way it did last year and the randomness has to work in their favor again because I don't think the offense is going to be able to pick them out of the doldrums if the defense doesn't have one day they're going to get beat it's really that simple to me and there's unless Josh Allen comes in and and is just the complete wild card and and has a potential rookie of the year season then it it's I think it I think it might be a little tough and I don't want to put it a damper on Bills fans heading into this season, but I also think fans are pretty smart in the fact that they know that that there's more at stake here than than just what's coming up. And I guess that what should be the goal is the is the next part of the conversation. What should be the goal for the Bills in terms of what 2018 should be? Should it be do everything you can to make it to the to playoffs again, or is it build your base? And do it the right way rather than forcing your guys in there or, in there or not giving some reps to your, your younger players. I mean, where should that balance lie? What, what exactly should they be in 2018? I think that's fascinating. Yeah, it's, it's really, you know, everything that you just talked about just brings to mind the fact that it is July and people are the nature of, I guess, the business and, and you know, analyzing this game is that 
schedule comes out, you got to have a prediction for how they're going to do. Yeah. I mean, what's the probably the most common question either of us are asked when you know somebody it you know finds out what you do is oh how do you think the bills are going to do this mm-hmm. year? And so it's always always the question, but we have not seen any of these guys in pads. We have not seen these quarterbacks in preseason games. We don't know who the quarterback will be or That's a what he will question. look like. <laughs> we don't really know what the offense is going to look like under Brian Dable, and that's one interesting element of this to me is that Rick Dennison last year was pretty brutal as the offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. I, I think we talked about that pretty much from September on, I think, last yeah. year. And so I think they probably upgraded there. It'd be hard not to. Right. And it would and they maybe, you know, probably didn't upgrade at quarterback, but maybe they did. and that's all relative. And that's why I think, you know, what should, you know, the expectation be or what, you know, what should the goal be is that is that they show some signs of progress on offense because mm-hmm. I think in September this offense will probably look as bad, if not worse, than it did a year ago. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't look that way in November and December. I think that should probably be the end goal is because you're looking at a team that has a lot of young players and needs to figure out what its identity is going to be on offense. And there's going to be a lot of changes on that side of the ball going into 2019 because LaShawn McCoy's turning 30 in a few weeks. Kelvin Benjamin's in the final year of his contract. It's a big year for Zay Jones. And by 2019, Josh Allen will be cemented as the quarterback, at least unless something goes terribly wrong. So He should be. So that's where, you know, there's so much up for debate with this team is that you don't know who's going to be under center and you don't know what it's going to look like early on. But, you know, the offensive line and the wide receivers are probably the two big concerns you have on this roster. Those were two big concerns entering the offseason, and that didn't change, which is why... Well, like I mentioned, it's hard to anticipate the offense getting a lot worse. Mm-hmm. It's also a little bit tough to imagine it getting a lot better with Josh Allen being the big wild card. Yeah, and I mean, by the way, LaShawn, exactly one week from today, day of recording, will be 30 years old. I, I, I'm really interested to see how he runs and whether or not he loses a step. Is it going to be this year? Is it going to be midway through the year? Like, How do they... How do they manage that? That's uh, that's a compelling part to this. But you know, the the wild card being that rookie, and he could come in and have incredible success early on. Like uh, that could absolutely it's happened before. I right, mean, Deshaun Watson. People thought he needed a while. He broke right in and, and started playing really well. But and then there's always the 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 examples of where they they break in and they're really really good, but then after like six weeks or so, then they get figured out. So it's it's really all on the bills as to when to push the Josh Allen button. If they don't push the Josh Allen button at all, that raises a lot of questions with them, which is why I think they're going to at some point of the season, if not very early into the season. But when when you have that sort of volatility potential for volatility on the offensive side of the ball and that isn't exactly a a sure thing to begin with that's I mean they don't have a lot of weapons outside of LaShawn McCoy 
And Kelvin Benjamin, I mean, he's there, and, and he might have a really good rapport with him, but he also can't really move all that well. And their other receivers, Zay Jones is a complete mystery. We don't know about him. Uh, Jeremy Curley, is he going to be find the fountain of youth and be what he was five years ago with the New York Jets, or is he going to continue to, you know, just kind of be near the tail end of his career like it's been trending? These are, these are all questions that you have to sit there and, and ask yourself because if he doesn't have the weapons around him, how much can you really expect from this team? And then, then it goes into the, into the realm of, all right, what are realistic expectations? And then beyond that, what, what is fair? What is fair for them? What, I mean, should fans really be ticked off if, if they do take a step back when they have continued to say it's a quarterback driven league need to, we have a plan. We're going to stick with this guy the right way. If they get to a spot where Nathan Peterman and, and A.J. McCarron look like complete duds in the preseason and you're throwing Josh Allen or you want to throw Josh Allen out there just because he's new and fresh, then are you actually doing yourself a good thing as, as, a, as a team trying to win for the long haul? It, that's why there's no easy answer to what 2018 should be for the Buffalo Bills. No, and, and I think... When you have $46 million in dead cap space, when you have inexperienced quarterbacks, when you have a retooled offensive line, you can't expect to necessarily repeat your success. I mean, it was only a day after they got eliminated from the playoffs that Sean McDermott said, you know, sustaining success year to year in the NFL, it's no guarantee, and it's probably the biggest challenge in professional sports, not just in football. So mm-hmm. that's where I think, you know, some of that is lost. There's probably some people who think they made the playoffs nowhere to go but up, but they always viewed this as a multi-year rebuild. And are they ahead of schedule because they made the playoffs? I don't think it really changes anything. No. I, I think all it does is buy them more time. And it doesn't mean that they're going to build on that year after year. Sometimes you need to take a step back before you can take a step forward. But again, I don't know that that means going two and 14 or one and 15 necessarily, because the team we saw last year, the coach we saw last year, that's not the type of team to just get rolled over Mm -hmm. each and every week, which is what you see from teams that go two and 14. I mean, it's been pretty bad at times here over the last four years, and it's still been at worst, uh, at worst a seven and nine team. So it takes a lot to mm-hmm. completely bottom out, and I think fans shouldn't, you know, jump off the blue water tower if they do <laughs> bottom out a little bit because you know obviously, especially four, not at four o'clock in the uh, afternoon. <laughs> well, you should never do that, anyways. Yeah, it's true, ill-advised. Yes, but. At, you know, $46 million in dead cap, they've mm-hmm. clearly set this thing up to say, hey, we're willing to, to eat that now to compete later. And when you have a rookie quarterback, I think expectations for fans mostly go out the window mm-hmm. and everything is gravy. But it is always interesting to keep in the back of your mind that rookie quarterbacks have made some noise in the past and won some games. And that's probably what's fair to expect is some excitement. You get to go into a season with not much in terms of expectations, 
and you get to watch a young core start to develop and try to compete most weeks Mm -hmm. and maybe you see some flashes of what the future could hold but they also have a lot of questions to answer i mean you mentioned kelvin benjamin he's fully healthy now he's in a contract here you're probably not going to get much better out of calvin benjamin than you should expect to get this year in terms of motivation and, and work ethic and all that right he's in good shape which at this time in the year hasn't always been the case for him zay jones can he get much worse than a 36% catch rate that he had last year. Probably not. You would hope not. Obviously, he's coming off of two off-season surgeries and a bizarre off-the-field incident. So you would think there's nowhere to go but up, but he hasn't exactly had a great off-season to to build on. Charles Clay is still Charles Clay. I think he's a solid you know, tight end, and maybe Brian Dable can get more out of him. Mm -hmm. But then you just got to figure out, is that offensive line going to be good enough to get the most out of a, a running back who's still at the top of his game but will be 30 years old? Right. So the offense is where I think, I mean, look, when you look at people who analyze things nationally and the teams that get a lot of attention sometimes are the teams that, you know, fantasy football people can point to and people know about them. and. Mm-hmm. You probably don't want to draft any of these guys on your fantasy football team. Outside of Shady. Maybe Shady if you Maybe get the, the right Bills value. defense. If Maybe the Bills hit. defense. But there's not the excitement factor on offense yet. But I think the people who follow closely and know what to look for will get to see some exciting things when the time comes. You just have to hope that there's some improvement. And it doesn't mm-hmm. always show up in the record. I'll tell you what. I, I think... I think I would throw like a 16th round pick at Charles Clay just to see. Why not? Why not? You're a big Charles Clay guy. Oh, you had Charles Listen, Clay last year for a while. I did, and until he was great until he got hurt. He and in PPR, he was, he was Charles running. Clay was yes. worth it. Yeah, especially with these young quarterbacks, the superior leagues. PPR. Uh, yes, he's been a guy that even early on, you know, they're mm-hmm. the tight ends are involved, and if Brian Dable plays matchups the way he claims to play matchups. Charles Clay will be a pretty good matchup for mm-hmm. you once in a while. Yeah. I'm sure Kelvin Benjamin will probably be a, a flyer in some fantasy leagues. Because they literally have no one else. And maybe he's <laughs> a guy that can, can reel in some touchdowns. But, yeah, it's not a it's not a sexy team on the no. offensive side of the ball or in general. And, and I think that's where the expectations have really been just buried for them into to the point where, again, like last year, they don't have much to lose. They're... They're kind of playing with house money after making the playoffs, and now they're sitting there, you know, nowhere to go but but up from where a lot of people think they are. I know which Buffalo Bills offensive player you will be drafting. Do you know? Probably Marcus Murphy. Yeah, it was definitely Marcus. <laughs> it was always going to be Marcus Murphy. Got to have your handcuffs. <laughs> handcuffs are vitally important. That might be the deepest handcuff yeah. I've ever heard of. You want to talk about a PPR monster. Give him an opportunity, and, and Marcus Murphy will be that guy. Yeah, Marcus Murphy it just racked up in, in uh, minicamp and OTA uh, if we fantasy had a, football. If we had a minicamp OTA fantasy league, Marcus Murphy would have been an RB1 you know, in every lineup. I don't know if they still do it, but um, my old coworkers at WGR, uh, Chopin the Bulldog, used to do a, a training camp fantasy football league, and it, it, it was like about who gets quoted, who gets uh, who gets their picture in the paper, a color photo is worth like two points, and like racking up stats and, and stuff like that. It's it's 
and they they equate preseason stats too. I thought it was really really interesting when when they did it and like oh who was who was the one tight end uh, that that just raked every single year. Um, it'll, it'll I'll have to come back to it, but but yeah, it's a. Uh, there's, there's a, if there's a will, there's a way with fantasy sports, and Marcus Murphy might just find his way in your heart if you run a training training camp fantasy football league. All he'd right. be a first round pick, I think. Wow, he, he'd be the the guy that's he'd, he'd get a lot of run. It depends if we're counting the stats. We should do this. We should we pay close enough attention to the stats. We could. I mean, there's Are 90 actually, guys. That that is going to be our sole job. Yeah. <laughs> training camp fantasy football league. Uh, it, it might be daunting, but. Yeah. And we'll get we'll get like Rodak to do it. See yeah. how he takes stats anyway. Yeah, that, this he might needs be a thing. More useless jobs. <laughs> if if you're into that idea, let us know. We might actually do the stats. Like, why not? We will not count RVA routes versus air. That's unfair. No, that is stat. Although stuffing. drops in routes Ooh, versus air will be negative points. Negative eighty for for drops and yeah, we might. Yeah, I don't know. A burgeoning idea. Yeah. <laughs> if we can find a place to host it, well, not right. Okay. Uh, next, wanted to get into the the uh, segment that we started last week. The "What are you working on?" segment. Um, and you know, I think uh, I think it, it all kind of leads into our discussion. This is why I kind of thought of our our topic. The, the latest thing you just posted on the athletic is is pretty much, you know, it has a lot of. Uh, lot to do with what we've been talking about today and adds a few new layers right yeah obviously as you guys know i'm i'm over at the athletic now and i just posted today uh kind of what we're talking about why you know bills fans should be a little bit more optimistic than a lot of people think um it's one of those things where you know you see a lot of two and 14 a lot of three and 13 whatever it may be and it just got me thinking that between the defense improving the way it has the schedule being so unpredictable given the AFC I mean they're playing the AFC South with Andrew Luck, Deshaun Watson coming off injuries the Titans always being middle of the road the Jaguars being an unknown there's just a lot of flux in the AFC and this team has improved on defense I just think the talk about them having the worst record in the league is a little bit Premature, mm-hmm. And so I wrote a little bit about that over at The Athletic. Uh, as I mentioned last week, also wrote about Saran Neal and that big nickel roll. Going to be breaking down what I think is the depth chart heading into training camp along with some where they stand in terms of the salary cap now and into the future. And if you didn't know, this week at The Athletic, Joe Yurden jumped on board. Uh, Great friend, dude. friend of the show, yeah. I, I, I would say. He's a yeah. good, real good guy. Uh, he'll be covering the Sabres for us. Lindsay D'Arcangelo jumped on board. She's going to do a little women's sports, probably contribute on some bills. Sabres do a little bit of everything. Also, yards per pass, John Ramsey uh, is his real name. Yards per pass on Twitter jumped on board this week as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you probably know him from his GIFs and YPP. video breaks down yep. on, uh, on Twitter. He does it about as well as anybody. So more new additions. And as I mentioned last week, you can still get 40% off special for Bills Beat listeners. Go to theathletic.com slash Bills Beat and you'll get 40% off your first year subscription. 
not a bad deal. We keep adding people to the to the team, and if there's any, ever anything you want to read, always send it my way. But that's the deal for you, theathletic.com slash billsbeat, if you haven't jumped on board. And thanks to everybody that already has. Yo, yards per pass was a, was, was a solid get because – Sneaky get. He, he knows what he's doing. I Although I wonder if on his byline he's going to go by YPP. Or, or yards per pass, or is he going to go by John Ramsey? Well, I said to you... We might have broke news when, that what his actual name is. Well, when you texted me and said, oh, man, that was a, a great get, I was like, yeah, I don't even know his real name. I, <laughs> hopefully I get to learn that, which, uh, you know, it, he has since I have learned. But, yeah, he's he's pretty great. Tim Graham uh, is has a couple things in the works. Bill's related. Already had uh, a long saber story that was, that was really good, so... He's doing his thing. He's got a few things cooking for camp. He and sure. I are working on something. So there's a couple of, uh, you know, it's we're trying to make it worth your while. I've seen a lot of uh, Bill's Beat fans in the comments, which is why they wanted to, to throw you guys a, a bone with that uh, special code. So if you want to jump on board, cool. If not, we'll be here on the podcast for you either way. Always and forever. All right. Well, uh, kind of against the grain of what uh, training camp has done you know I'm I'm physically on vacation right now doesn't prevent the bills beat from going on um, we are doing a special on July 18th on channel 7 in Buffalo which I'm sure you'll be able to access in some capacity online if you if you're not local to Buffalo July 18th is the day that Jim Kelly is receiving the the uh, Jimmy B award. And so uh, this, the ESPYs are actually airing on Channel 7 in Buffalo. And so in the lead-in to, to the ESPYs, we're running a, a special on Jim Kelly. So uh, that's always a good – it goes back – I went back and talked to Steve Tasker um, about, you know, type of teammate was, type of uh, guy he is, that sort of thing. You know, it's, it's really just like the gyms rise up into the lore that is Buffalo, um, that is uh, Buffalo sports history, and you know it's. I think it's gonna. You're gonna really like it if if you take a take a peek at it. Um, they. Uh, I spent a long time in the archives finding random Jim Kelly highlights from random uh, games, and it's 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 gonna be a, a blast from the past. So if you're into that sort of thing or you want to learn more about the early nineties, check out. Uh, the Jim Kelly special at 7.30 on July 18th on Channel 7. And, of course, we'll probably have it online for you as well. All right, uh, let's let's jump. Hey, it's Jake Plummer time, baby. I think it's time. I think it's Jake Plummer time. It's okay. Like sending a child off to I know. college. I know. It's, uh, I'll miss it. But it yeah. It, for the show. It's, it's great to look at. Um, and, by the way, not everyone adhered to the uh, – Put your username in the, in the comments part. Although, since I sent out the tweet on the uh, on uh, the uh, on Twitter with the picture of the back of the jersey and then, of course, the the emblem on the on the arm, I've gotten a couple of yeah, add-ins saying, "Hey, I don't know if the Apple Podcast also is divided into different countries, but here is proof to review uh, proof of my review in the Danish version." So, I don't. I, th- that guy might not be in there. I gotta. I gotta look specifically. But we might have. A, we'll have to a, throw him in. Bit of, bit of, I mean, if he's watching oh. all all the way from from over there, I mean, that's 
The question is, how much is, will it cost to ship a Jake Plummer jersey all the way to Denmark? Great That'll be the question. Question. We will find under out. twenty dollars. I'm in. Over twenty dollars. I don't know that. But I don't know how. <laughs> it can't cost that much. It's like a. It's like half a pound. Well, Not it, even. I don't know. It is vintage. It's got, it's got no actual stitching on it. It's all screened <laughs> on. So. <laughs> all right. So. We have... Uh, call it 45, then, with the addition of Rolf here. Right? Yes, yes. So we have quite a few on here. So I, I here have the uh, the random name generator in front of me. It's actually a random number generator, so we're just going to count it down. You know, last, time, last time around, Matthew put all of the names in a little bag, and we drew it that way. This kind might be more fair. Kind of an ardu- arduous uh, well, it was a journey. a little bit more, you know... Of a pain, but yeah. also paper can stick together. True. I feel like this is more random. Computers this... are are foolproof. Yes. I've often said that. <laughs> you were the first person to say that, so that's incredible. Um, all right. So we are going to draw a number, and then while listening to us, we are going to count through and see who actually wins this thing. So on the line, the Jake Plummer jersey, man, it's a looker. It's a real looker, folks. All right, uh, I'll do a little mini frame not included. Frame in not included. I'm in the Jake Palmer. I'm sorry. Jersey. Okay. Sorry, Fritz. Fritz just woke up like like there's an attack. All right. The number drawn is twelve, which means one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, oh, no. twelve. <laughs> Who do you have? I have Nietzsche. Am I wrong? Did I count? I wrong? think you're you counted wrong. One, two, three, four, five, six, oh, seven, eight, 11. nine, ten, eleven, twelve. The winner of it's the Captain Murica. It's Captain Murica. <laughs> Captain underscore Murica, who got a question in last week. You have won the Jake Plummer jersey after uh, getting your comment in. Way back in April. Who would have thunk? Now I feel terrible that I, I mentioned our buddy Nietzsche. He probably, his heart probably skipped a beat thinking he was getting this. Hey, hang on, <laughs> but in his comment, he said, I want that Rex Grossman jersey. So he didn't even want this. He will so. not be bent out of shape about the Jake Plummer jersey. So, Captain underscore Murica underscore, thank you for leaving your Twitter handle on there. And, and, and listen, if you guys didn't win the Jake Plummer jersey, there will be more. And if you're sitting here listening to this podcast thinking to yourself, man, I wish I would have got in there. There's still time because I don't think we mentioned the Jake Plummer jersey back in April, but here it is. Look at this. He wins a jersey out of it. So now, let's not fool the people. A Jake Plummer jersey is a once in a lifetime it is. thing. I don't have an endless supply. But I've got some no more other Jake Plummers. Pretty reckless shirt. And I believe Ty Dunn was Offering up the Rex Grossman. Florida jersey. Buffalo Wins is offering up some old, terrible Bills jerseys. So I believe the way uh, he termed it was random ass Bills jerseys. <laughs> so I think we've, uh, you know, we've got more of these go- coming through training camp. But Captain Murica with a Jake Palmer score, I think, is is wow. very fitting. Quite fitting. Only, and listen, he has to once he gets it. He lives he, on Long Island, according to this this. Uh, Oh. So send me your address and I will I'll throw it in the mail. He's got to have a mustache going, yeah, and yeah. he's got mustache a... not included. You need to provide that yourself. Yes, and true. We need a a mullet mustache pick with the plumber jersey yeah. on. 
That, that, that'll be something. Alright, so congratulations. And, like I said, if you are thinking to yourself, man, I really, I really wanted a, one of those stupid jerseys you're giving away, by all means, you uh, just put in a comment, put in a, uh, a rating over on our Apple Podcast portion. of the, And there's also the opportunity over at SoundCloud, Google Play, and on Stitcher. So, if you do that, leave your Twitter handle in, in the comment itself, and we're going to know. And then Pretty we, excited that Captain Murica won that. Yeah, I'm also pretty excited that the last person that uh, that commented did not win, because that would have been an interesting... Yeah, I don't know... Who exactly that, Shower yeah, With I, Friends is, but... Oh, that's right, yeah. <laughs> shower With Friends, no Twitter handle included. Comment, great content, thanks. Well... You're thank welcome. you, thank you, shower with friends. But man, that would have been a chore. Well, Get- so would it have getting the jersey to Denmark. So yeah, both of those would have been tough. Long Island, a little bit easier. I think I, I'll save a little bit on postage here. Yeah, you're you you're in luck at this point. Or you could even uh, no, yeah, yeah, that, that'll be good. So congratulations, Captain underscore Murica underscore. You have won the Jake. Yeah, the underscores are important, okay? <laughs> Not to be confused with. The other Captain Murica's yeah. out there. Captain underscore Murica On underscore this, the underscore. the week of July 4th, Captain Murica wins the, wins the Jake Plummer jersey. What a, what a time. God yeah. bless America. Wow. All right. Well. What's I, the future hold for us here? You're going to be on vacation yeah, for go- a couple, couple, couple weeks. weeks here. A couple weeks. Um, yeah, we're, uh, we're going on vacation. Uh, I'll be back in back into Buffalo around like mid-July-ish. Um are you going anywhere? I don't think you're going anywhere, right? You'll, no, you'll not here. really. A couple weekend trips. So we're gonna we're gonna take a couple of weeks off. I going to Salamanca. Ooh. In a couple weeks, as are you. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> oh yes. Well, maybe we'll do a podcast there. Why not? Um, but yeah, we're uh, we're gonna, we're gonna take a couple of weeks off. I apologize in advance. It's a good but, time to take some time off. Yeah, there's not a lot to talk about, but it's also good to, you know, just recharge the old batteries. So, we'll be uh, back in a few weeks to oh, yeah. preview training camp, and maybe we can get a... Maybe that'll be a good time to get Tim Graham on the Ooh. show. Maybe we'll kick the tires on that. Yeah. He's never been on the show, friend of the show, but... we And we have not yet talked to him about it, so, you know, we could be promising nothing right now. Right, yeah. <laughs> Just completely throwing it out there. He's probably not even probably not listening. Definitely not listening. But yeah. maybe uh, maybe we can get him. Maybe we can find ourselves a another guest and bring this thing back with a with a bang yeah. at the end of July. Watch him tweet us saying, "I was listening." Period. <laughs> That's it. That's all. I wouldn't put it past him. I put nothing past him no. actually. All right. Well, Matthew, thank you. Enjoy the next couple of weeks and uh, all the the free time before training camp. Uh, my thank you to all of you for tuning in once again, however you did it, whether it be on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, or on Stitcher, Spotify, we're still mad at you. Uh, we thought it could have been a great thing, but but uh, you still aren't letting us in. We'll continue knocking at the door. It's fine. All right. My name is Joe Biscalia for Matthew Fairburn of The Athletic. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and we will talk to you in a couple of weeks later on in July. Thanks, everybody. Bye.